when I first went plant-based, I was screaming at the rooftops, you're not vegan, slaughter, you're horrible, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and now I've really flipped my, my script on that. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, uh, talking to you guys. Because I remember you telling us a story about, um, you know, you're not, your cafes aren't fully plant-based. Because if they go in for a coffee and they drink, you know, that dairy milk, um, because that's what they, they're used to, they're, they're a customer, and now they're going to try a chocolate cake that is completely vegan. And, and then go, a shepherd's pie. That's and then, and then boom, 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 boom. So I've really come across to that that is the way to do it. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're Stephen Dave from the Happy Pair here to inspire you to live a healthier, happier life. This week's podcast, we have a really special episode. We've got Eamon and Bex, two people that really inspire us. They're both YouTubers that travel the world in a little van for years. They make content. They're both Canadian, so it's the first North Americans guests. They came and visited us about two years ago. Uh, we got to have a wonderful conversation exploring what's the reality of li- like your income being coming from YouTube. What's, what's it like to be an influencer? What's it like to be in relationship with your business partner and live in a small little van? Yeah, it was really, really interesting. So hope you enjoy this one. Yeah, there's lots of uncoverings, lots of truths, and we found it really inspiring. In you'll terms f- of you'll find Eamon and Beck on social media. Check them out on YouTube and hope you enjoy the journey. Cheers. Um, so, like, just to kick it off, like, so, you know, how does, so for anyone who doesn't listening, I'll mention more in the intro, but how do you get into a, like, recently we've been exploring the topic of creativity and talking about passion and how, I read a book recently where Elizabeth Gilbert spoke about how passion can often be hard to find and it's more of a commitment. And she spoke about the, the kind of, the, the, an easier entry point being uh, curiosity. So my question is, how did you fumble into your current career if you want to call it as youtubers as living in a van how as creators as creators as livers of this human experience yeah see i think it's really interesting because there was no well i guess we did stumble but it's been like we've been together for eight years known each other for nine years and it's just been a really long journey of getting here and what i would say is we were super curious we were young backpackers and we were picking up the camera and vlogging before we ever knew what vlogging was or before we understood that there was a career in it, we just had such a passion for creating. And sometimes that passion now is just that consistent work. Like you, you don't wake up every morning feeling like the 21-year-old self exploring the world like, oh my gosh, this is so new and exciting. Let's pick up the camera. So you, you have to work at that kind of passion continually. But we did sort of just stumble into the idea that yeah, yeah, I think you said uh, the, the right word is, is curiosity, and we talk about this a lot. I'm naturally a very curious person, and it's brought me down a lot of maybe not-so-good paths <laughs> and a lot of really good paths. And I think that's such a great trait to have is to be curious, try lots of things, find something you like, and then kind of hone in and, and work at it. Beautiful. Yeah, because often, like, I remember we were doing a talk in Northern England back a few years ago to kind of teen- to teenagers. And I remember we were kind of about half hour into our talk. And normally, uh, no, we, 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 just to give a context, we'd flown over there and we were going speaking to these, like, it was like a real, it was a slightly underprivileged area, I remember. And we were meant to be going and spurring them to eat vegetables and whatever. And we, we, we do lots of talks. So we were like, okay, here we go, Steve. This great fun. Oh, what so much meaning. Is so much meaning. And we got up there and we started doing our talk and no one cared less. Like they didn't give a crap. Like they really, we may as well have been talking about politics and economics to them. And then Stephen A. the Blue said something about YouTube and our YouTube channel. 
And he said like, oh, we've got X amount of views or followers. And then they all perked up and then they started asking questions. And then we realized that most of them wanted to be YouTubers as a job. And part of it, so two prong question relating to that. Number one, um, you know, a lot of modern day society, we're all looking for a silver bullet, the quick hack. And YouTube, many people see as a quick hack. So in your experience, in our experience, a quick hack can take 10 years. So how has your relationship been with this kind of hack culture and this sense of, the reality of earning your income predominantly from YouTube or from influencing using social media. Totally. I love that quote. I think it's something like the overnight success that took 10 years to build. And that couldn't be more true for us. I think you could look at our channel now and think, oh, you know, that looks like a great living. And, and I'd like to jump in on that. And, you know, some people somehow do manage to jump in and Again, maybe they've built their skill set over the 10 years and maybe YouTube is that quick fix for them. But for us, it has been a very, very slow burn to get to a thousand subscribers, I think took us three years <laughs> and then a hundred thousand another couple of years. And um, I wouldn't change it for the world. I think it's given us uh, it's shown us that we love it enough to keep going, whether or not we're making money from it. And yeah, it's, just it's so interesting it. because if, if any other or if a lot of other businesses, you were able to like watch them do what they do. There's so many other businesses that are way easier to make money, <laughs> right? Like like drop shipping or or even just little things online. And but the fact that you can watch someone YouTube or make videos, you kind of look at their life and you see this 15 second, you know, or 15 minute movie, and you're kind of like, oh wow, that looks easy. But the reality is there's way better ways. If you're trying to make money, I don't think YouTube's the, the best way to go. And uh, But a lot of people see you know, people like us or you guys online and they're like, whoa, look at the life they're living. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. I think it, it comes back to your passion question and you have to have the passion for it. And if you do have the genuine passion for it, then I think over time the money will come and, and you know, the hippie in me believes it'll all work out and it has for us. But it definitely took eight years. A lot, a lot of videos. A lot no, of no terrible videos. Whenever people <laughs> ask us, we always say like, look, just start making videos. You might need to make 100 videos and then you might start earning money, but you don't do it in the in the get go to make money. Yeah. And make those 100 videos without expectation and, and grow and learn. And, and know that those 100 videos will likely suck <laughs> and no one will watch them. Our first 100 did. And that's your kind of learning. That's your kind of learning, like, I guess. And it's almost like testing your commitment to it in a sense. And like on that journey. So, so you make videos, you put out a new video every week and you consistently have this pressure to create. Like, how mm -hmm. do you like, and this is a question which we struggle with. And Stephen constantly asks, like the fine balance between your own personal private life and then kind of going, okay, we've got to tell a story. How do we kind of bring a bit of drama into our own life? Cause it creates a better story. How do you balance that? And how do you consistently, and I'd look, and then a follow on would be your own experience with creativity and how your creative process works. Well, having a, an absolutely gorgeous partner really helps, right? <laughs> People just like to tune in and, and see Rebecca every day. No, I, I honestly think we're not, <laughs> we haven't figured it all out. That's for sure. I mean, I think we're lucky in that we're both, we both have a really strong work ethic and love what we do, but we don't have kids. And, and especially throughout this year, we've been very isolated with quarantine and everything. So it's almost been like, put our heads down and just get this done. We actually make the best movies when we have less distractions because we can focus on, you know, making a cup of coffee and making that cup of coffee look really sick. 
Yeah. So uh, you, your biggest mistake would probably be having kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but honestly, we, we haven't quite figured figured out the life-work balance probably um, to the best that we can, but we are enjoying what we do, and so we don't feel like, well, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm probably not I mean, being that honest. Look, I feel co- like COVID really hurts, right? When we started seeing a lot of success in our channel when, was when we were traveling, and we, we have... You know, especially me, I have a lot of ADD. So I love the lifestyle of just waking up in a new place, you know, going to Ireland, going to see you guys, then driving down to Spain. Like, so every, every day is a little more interesting to make content around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we're back here with COVID, you know, we bought an old cabin and we're doing renovations. And uh, speaking for myself, and I know for, for you as well, you do feel a lot more pressure to, to be creative every week and, and, you know, show a new interesting, fun exciting side but i think what's really important about you know if you are going to pursue youtube is you really want to make your youtube about you like of course you need to niche down and focus on things like you know for for you guys it's cooking and and plant-based nutrition um for us it's it's maybe more like minimalist and van life um and you know living alternatively so but it's so important to spin your personality into it Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day if there is a random week and there's not that much cool shit going on then, you know, people still want to tune in and see Steve and Dave, right? Yeah. And then I think your creativity question is like, sometimes it just, you're sparked and you're excited and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, we're doing something so cool and the creativity just flows. But then we like having that consistent upload because some weeks it isn't as easy, but you have to work at it and it's not, um, yeah, we don't want to be the type of people like we only film if, it, if, if, and when something interesting is happening, we want to make the everyday life interesting. As That's well. what makes the job very difficult because if you're selling bow ties, like, you know, you're going to have a crappy day where it's like, oh, I got to put this bow tie in a box and ship it out. <laughs> but if you're making a YouTube video, like, you can't be so sulky. You know, mm-hmm. you got to click the camera on and, and snap it in the gear. And, you know, there's a little bit of, um, you know, not acting is the wrong word, but you got to kind of turn it up a little bit when you turn on the camera. So that's why it's difficult because if you are, you know, if you've got family issues or all these external elements, you still need to hit record and, and bring that positive, you know, energy to your audience because they don't want to see you sulk and whine about. Yeah. Whatever. But if you, if you are authentically who you are too, I think the community and your audience will give you space to be, you know, down one week or be Absolutely. to share authentically. And we have done that, you know, over the past year, like I shared a video where I was just totally burnt out. I, I was struggling to pick up the camera. I think everything from the past, like six months of COVID and our lives changing so much and everything just hit me. And I just had this month where, you know, and, and the audience was so receptive to me being honest about that and saying, Hey, like, it's just, it's just a tough time for me. And I think so many people relate to authenticity online because there is a lot of acting or too much hype or or whatever right totally agree like sometimes i can find social media like we'll do kind of stories every day and sometimes i can feel like it's a it's a shadow following me around all day and often same with my children it's kind of like am i talking to my shadow more than i'm talking to my children and how do you balance that experience of say you're seeing a beautiful sunrise and you know it's great content but you also want to savor the moment. So how, how do you, like, for me, it's a constant balancing act and something that I have to put boundaries around regularly going, no, just savor the moment. But I want to, do I want to do something? You know, how, how do you balance that? I think actually there's a misconception towards how much of our lives we film. 
um, we do film a lot, but even when people are around us and we're vlogging a day, they always seem to say, oh, I didn't realize. I think we're at a point now, 10 years in, where we know when to pick up the camera, when not. I think that's the art. Like if you look at someone like, you know, the goat Casey Neistat, when you watch his vlogs, he's so he makes it feel like he films his entire day. But I think that's what's really good is I don't think he does. He knows exactly what to film and what he needs. And then, you know, when the camera's down, the camera's down. Like, you don't feel an urge to add more to the story. Yeah. Because the story's already done. Yeah. So, you know, if we have five incredible sunsets here a week and we do, one of them gets filmed. And um, I think, like you said, it, there's definitely a challenge to balancing all of it for sure. And we're not perfect at it. But I think it's probably more challenging for you guys because you post so much content on Instagram and it's such an easy pick up the phone, snap it. Mm. You know, I want to share this with my audience, right? Mm. Where we, we, you know, if, mm. I feel like if we're either on stories or we're not, right? We're so we'll take days completely stories. off. We'll take months off. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really use Instagram that way. That's nice. That's definitely nice. And uh, I had a great question there. Wait, maybe it'll come back to me. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so, so say the week comes round. Like, d does your creativity process work and go, OK, I've got an idea for next week. Like, we're going to build a snowman and we're going <laughs> to go ride around in horses or like like there's an element like uh, now me imagining. I'd say there's an element of going with the flow and seeing what happens. Uh, but at the start of the week, so say you've uploaded your video on Sunday. Do you have a list of kind of 10 potential ideas, particularly now you're living in a cabin in the woods, there's snow around. Do you have a list of 10 potential ideas in the bank that you kind of go, OK, this week, Eamon, we're going to talk about your new underwear because you have cool new underwear and we're going to build a whole show around your underwear. Or how does it kind of work? I wish we were that organized. No, we are very go with the flow. It's just this is these are the tasks we're working on this week in the cabin. I, I mean, to be quite honest, we're actually at a point where I wish we were more. You know, we talk to so many other YouTubers who find success in being very methodical about their thumbnail thumbnail title and all of these things before they start filming but when we try to do that I feel like the video even this week for example we had a title and thumbnail planned because we thought okay this is what successful people do so let's try this method and then literally the video just got away from us the contractors who were supposed to do all of our windows couldn't come in because of the ice and then it's like the title and thumbnail are mute and it's yeah it, it's, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it, it really is just like we're living and breathing our content because especially in like the renovation space Ugh. you're relying on so many you know moving parts and and supply issues especially with covid now so we are literally like you know sunday was uploaded monday we're going to start filming or tuesday <laughs> we're going to start filming like in an I, we always talk about that yeah we need to be more planned out because at the end of the day with youtube like titles and thumbnails are so important mm -hmm. so if you can really nail that it makes a big difference but no we're we're very very last minute we've like filmed the whole video and then it's like saturday night i'm like hmm, what could we title this it's like the opposite of what everyone tells you to do it's just horrible <laughs> it's stressful <gasps> But the, but the beautiful thing I think about creativity is there's no one way. And th that's kind of my next question is how do you, you know, many people have different creative processes. And for some people, it's like consistently showing up and trusting the process that something will show up. And when you're that Saturday night, when you're sitting there and you filmed it, there's that kind of openness and desire and need for something. And that edge often, in my experience, having cooked in the kitchen for years, I'll be working, I'll have like 10 ingredients and I'll be working with them. And someone will ask, what's for lunch at like half 11 and lunch has to be out by 12. And I go, I don't know, the dish hasn't told me yet. 
And then in that last half hour, it's that edge. It's like it just comes to you and you've been through that process hundreds of times. So you just trust it. So how much of your creative process is showing up and how much of it is just trusting that something will come when required? I love that. We got to see that firsthand, Steve, when you were in the van. Right. And you're you're like, oh, yeah, I'll cook a meal for you guys. And, and we're like, what are you making? You're like, oh, I don't know. You got a full kitchen, you know, and we show up and we click record and you just start chopping. And we're like, what's the plan here, dude? <laughs> and you, you banged out the most the amazing potatoes I've ever had in my life. Oh, remember the little um, like salsa he made with grapes? It's ridiculous. Oh, so good. Who makes salsa with grapes? That's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was amazing. I loved it. I think it's both things. I think we do put that consistency to our life because there's an ebb and flow, like everything with creativity, um, which I already kind of touched upon. And then I think pressure makes diamonds for us for sure. Yeah. Like we could have the video ready to go on a Thursday and it's like, oh, we should edit it and be a day ahead. It's like, no, no. The last minute is when it all comes together. <laughs> so. Yeah, we, we don't really. Uh, there, there, I mean, I, I think. You're you're sort of the same way, but for me, like I move on so quickly. So once the content's out, I'm just so excited to, you know, start something else and, you know, intro the video in a different way. Like, what can I do this week's that that's different? I think that's actually how we balance each other. Like I spend a lot of time every week in the comments and kind of like with the existing video making sure. Which is so important. Like she is literally nurturing the community, Mm -hmm. which I don't do any of them. And Amy's moved on. (laughs) I haven't it's replied like to a it. comment. I've I like a lot of comments. You know, I'll be on the <laughs> app just tap 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 tap. But I'm not I'm not good at you know yeah. replying to everyone. But then I'm kind of moving on and and coming up with a new idea. And oh, back this week I'm going to start with a drone shot, but then use the audio from the camera and then snap to a GoPro at my feet and like just kind of you know I'm ready I'm ready on to the next week. And then who does the editor? Who like what are do you have a division of roles? Like you've kind of said there that Beck, you do most of the your. And you kind of front up the community and really that nurturing and caring side and aim and you're more interested in the shots and that type of thing and how do you divide up like who does the editing who's more cameraman who more does pieces to camera how do you camera can, person camera person sorry yeah well I, that was just a habit sorry um i i love the the division of labor question because we always get really heated when we when we chat about editing and we have this whole process when Eamon has done an edit and I can't, I, ha- I have to watch the video and then I can't say anything for like 20 minutes after I've seen it because he's so sensitive about what he's just edited, which is just so funny. But yeah, no, I would say I do a lot of like community stuff, um, a lot of like our business side of, of the business, I guess, emails and, and brand deals and stuff like that. And then Eamon's much more. Um, I feel like when I when I go to present a, a movie to her, it's like a, I've just birthed a child, and she <laughs> she'll go and be like, "Oh, he's got a little bit of a weird nose," and that that's how emotional <laughs> I'll take it. You know, even if it's just like, "Oh, this song is wrong here," it's like, "No, babe, we need twenty minutes to breathe. You can't say anything, <laughs> and then okay, you can give me some feedback." Yeah, it's and it's really- funny because we've talked to a lot of creators and and a lot of people that are in partnerships that you know make videos are the exact same way they're like oh dude like he can't say anything until i'm done my movie <laughs> but actually uh this year and you know you guys are huge inspirations for this kind of thing is 2021 is the year of building a team around us so we've brought in a manager well, end of last year and then an editor as well to help us with our videos so we're feeling very grateful for um help wow help. that's big yes. step it, it was time it was really time for us to bring in that help 
Congratulations. <laughs> well, well, that that's part of that, that. There's there's other challenges with that because you're letting go of the creative process and there's huge trust and empowerment. So there's challenges with that because when you've been so in control of your own content and your own message and everything, and now you've somehow got to get someone else to be the custodian of that, there's an element of, you know, yeah. Yeah. We right. know that journey oh, quite exciting. well. Can oh, I, goodness. Yeah, Eamon had a total Emma. breakdown the night before we uh, had our editor take on the first edit. Like, total. I have control issues. We, <laughs> we have a whole podcast about this control issue I have. But yeah, it, it is. It's uh, it's giving up your baby. And, and um, you know, but it really is the only way to, you know, carve out more time of the week is, is to let go of some of those tasks. And we're really happy with our, our guy. We call him Goose. And shout out to Goose. Go Goose. <laughs> Um, can I ask questions about your relationship? Because like I'm married now nine years and we have three children and, you know, we live in a house and it's, you know, thankfully there's lots of room in the house for all the chaos of our life. How do you manage like living intimately, living closely together, living in small spaces and working together? Like what are the and clearly like you're saying they're aiming, you're sensitive. I'm very sensitive too. you kind of have you're quite restless. I'm extremely restless, too. How do you like do you have any kind of principles or kind of structure around how you manage your relationship? I know neither of you have expressed that you're that structured, but are there any kind of rules, boundaries, things that help and aid your relationship? Honestly, I feel like we we're just one of those really unique couples and where it really just genuinely works for us. We met working together. So we were friends and colleagues before anything else. So we really kind of understood each other in the workplace. And then we started dating while we were backpacking the world. And I feel like, you know, going to Asia and India and Nepal and all of these places as like young backpackers, there's a lot of stress and craziness that happens there. So we just kind of uh, literally at the beginning stages of our relationship, I, I don't know, laid those foundations and really understood how, how we work together. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, when, when you, you ask about relationship are, are kind of, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, when we answer that question, it's, it's sort of difficult because there, there is no real formula, but I really think, I think Bill Gates said this, but you know, for any relationship, you have to it should be like a requirement that you go and travel with the person because when you're traveling with them, there's, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of stresses and our relationship very much started kind of mm -hmm. on the road. So I think that's such a great way to form a, a partnership. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I hear of cases that are, people get married and they haven't even lived together. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to know if your life's going to be compatible? You're not, you don't know where she keeps her toothbrush. You don't even know, you know, if she, she uses deodorant like all those things are so interesting and uh but i think the one major part that really binds us is is we are a team so no matter how much shit we go through um at the end of the day we're we're kind of we're both have the same vision and we're both like you know on the train this together. little incident is is just a little speed bump and we're kind of you know, we're thinking so much further down the line than that one. Yeah. Like, I think our life is full of a lot of unknowns, but the only unknown, the thing I know the most in life is that we're meant to be together. And we both, Aww. well, we both feel so secure in our, in our relationship together. And so, yeah, like, of course, when I tell him I don't like the song in the edit, he's upset, but we get over it and we move on really, really quickly. Like we just say, Hey, I didn't like that. Here's how we're going to do it next time. You have to wait 20 minutes till after I've shown you the edit. And then we move on. You know, we just, 
communicate. She's a on. lot more patient than I am. Oh, I, that's I upset true. her a lot more than she upsets me. <laughs> we'll put it that way. When we're in the van, for example, I can be a lot more introverted. So Eamon has, which I think you guys tried, the one wheel. Oh, his yeah. little motorized uh, electronic yeah, skateboard. Yeah. So, H- have the boys sent you one of those yet? I got to talk to them. We got to get a couple one no, wheels. Under the, I don't the think I ever reached out to them, but I, re- I still remember it and think that was cool, Yoke. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if there's a day when I just kind of need my own space in the van, because like you said, it's a very small space. Eamon just goes on his one wheel and one wheels around and meets new people and literally like we'll be gone for the day and I'll just be parked in the van having my day. Um, Shout out to the one wheel because it, it's such a unique um, device. And it, I always I used to smoke cigarettes back in high school and I always love smoking cigarettes because it's such a social way to meet people. You know, you can just walk up to someone and be like, hey, can I have a light or hey, can I borrow a cigarette? So then boom, you've got a conversation piece. And one wheel is kind of like that where it's like people are like, hey, what's that? And you're like, oh, you want to try it? So I love just like taking a one wheel down like a small town in Europe and people are turning their heads and, you know, you, you don't even. For anyone listening, Eamon, what is a one wheel? Just because people might go, what's a, what's a one wheel? What's a one wheel? Yeah, I don't own any stock in, in the company one wheel, <laughs> but it's like an electric uh, balance board. So it has one wheel in the center and then you kind of lean forward and it goes forward. You lean back and it goes back. Uh, it's a very cool device and uh, it's great for meeting friends. That's good. Making good. new friends, I like. Yeah, that. how do you how do you balance that with being on the road? Because like something that is so intrinsic and important to our life is a sense of community and a broader sense of community because it helps support us when we feel down. It helps bring diversity to our life, different perspectives, different ages. And, e- and even when you look at like the blue zones, the longest living people on the planet, and they. You know, they were the most amount of people that live over the age of 100. And when they boiled down their lifestyle factors, the most important factor for a long, happy, healthy life, it was community. It was that sense of belonging. And I know you have that sense of belonging amongst one another. But how do you cultivate that? Like you've spent a lot of time on the road and now you're living in the woods in northern Canada. Can you talk to us about community and your experience with that and making friends and sustaining friendships and all this type of thing? Actually, it's the thing I, I remember so vividly about visiting you guys. And yeah, when I think of community, I think of you guys. For yeah, sure. it it was incredible. Even just to be there for the day and a half, I I so so valued your community and the and the way you show up for your community and the way your community shows up for you. And I and I aspire to have that one day. It was just so so beautiful. So big kudos to you guys and your community. You you're all amazing. Um, but yeah, no, it's something that we definitely struggle with in terms of like a consistent community. I feel lucky because Eamon and I both have our um, family and friends from like our childhood and our adult or early adult lives here in Canada where we are. So it wasn't like we met on the road and, you know, a lot of our traveling friends, one person's Australian and one's American and it becomes this whole like, where is your base? So I think we were really excited in a lot of ways to create this home base here, this cabin and have our community. um, I mean, it's not the same as yours. We're not seeing them every day, but you know, having a space where both our families and friends can come and be together and and come for like a weekend or a couple days, you know, and really get to to hang out versus like a, Hey, hi and bye kind of conversation Mm -hmm. on top of that. What, what's incredible about what we've built with, with our social media platform is and I'm not sure a lot of people have this. I think you guys probably would. But generally speaking, the people that we meet that follow us are just rad people because they, they, they buy into, they subscribe to the lifestyle we're living and they're just people we're, we're going to be friends with right off the bat. So we're extremely open. And when we're traveling the world, like we'll post our location, 
We'll find out where other people are and we'll meet up with people constantly. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got a, a community of like 800,000 people all around the world. So it's so incredible. Like we were in Spain and we're walking down the street and this chick pops out of her car. She goes, no way, aiming and back, blah, blah, blah. And we end up spending like a month living in her house. And <laughs> it was just, it was absolutely insane. So the, the community aspect is, is worldwide. And um, although sometimes living out in the sticks here, we're, we're, especially with COVID, we're, we're feeling like where were the, where are the homies at. But um, hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll, we'll start traveling again and, and get back to that. Yeah, but it, it but it is a balance between like the the core community, like those people who are going to show up for you um, on an intimate level, and and we have that with within Canada. But it is really cool to have that global community as well. Maybe one day we'll have mm. a name and Beck cafe, just like the Happy Pair, and we can go for our morning swims oh, and like we'll that. swim in the lake. That's Ontario. the ideal. <laughs> yeah, I saw the photo of Eamon sitting in the lake, which looked kind of cool, reading the paper. We can help you with that. We know cafes. Uh, I've got a question in terms of, uh, so we, a few weeks ago, we've got like a podcast club where we, each week we listen to podcast and there's a bunch of us, there's about 50 of us really. We all listen to it. And then we, it's been on Zoom like the last year, obviously. And we all discuss it. We pick a topic and we discuss it. So it's usually a podcast. But one week someone picked uh, Tiny Homes, picked a couple of videos on Tiny Homes that we had to watch. And kind of we had a conversation about tiny homes and why it was kind of counterculture. And it was, you know, we had a great conversation around that. And you kind of are, in a sense, advocates of that in terms of, you know, living out of a van, traveling the world, this bohemian lifestyle. What is your experience with, you know, van life, tiny homes and all your thoughts in terms of that? Yeah, there's nothing better than van life. I'm just, (laughs) we miss it so much. Less is honestly more. And it taught us that, 10 times over every day, just everything you needed. And I think Steve, you might remember like the kitchen was small, but it was just, it just worked. It was perfect. Super functional. And, um, it just reminds you like you can't buy another sweater because you don't have room and you actually don't need it. And every night we would fall asleep in that van, just like looking at what we'd built this tiny little 60 square foot home and just have so much love and gratitude and yeah, I don't know. I yeah, just it's love amazing. It. Like we're looking around like our space now. We're we're in the cabin and we've collected so much crap. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable how quickly you just start collecting things. And you know, well, a lot of it was here. Like you know, we bought this furnished. No, I know, but it's just amazing how many items we now have, and mm-hmm. and none of it is as fulfilling as as living in a small space. You know, for us traveling. So that's definitely not a lifestyle for everyone. But living small, I think, is is. Uh, a lot less heavy and you you just you feel like you know you're gonna choose a high quality item and you're gonna really appreciate that item versus you know 10 or 12 little items that that break or whatever yeah I think a lot of people had asked us over the years about minimalism and how do I get into it and really we were just minimalist by by default like we just didn't have space and whatever and but I think minimalism is a practice that say you don't want to go tiny or you're in a house and you don't really know how to start practicing some of these things just eliminating the things that you're not using on a daily basis or just stop bringing in new things all the time. Yeah, um, I think everyone really... can relate to that in, in the sense of their wardrobe, right? Like everyone in their life, you know, once or twice has probably gone through and purged and just remember how good that feels, right? To just get rid of those things in your drawers. And I think it's a, it's a very healthy practice to do that more often than not because everyone wears the same crap. We're all wearing the same pants and same t-shirt we wore last Wednesday. So why do we have 12 
or 50 different t-shirts sitting in the drawer like it's it's you got to clean it out and you'll feel better mm-hmm. yeah i always find that very cathartic when i do it always something i never want to do and i do it, it's like I feel so much lighter. It's wonderful. I know. I, I hate doing I, it too. I, I do, yeah, it's something that you always struggle to. I have two questions. And one, what do you guys struggle with? Because I know my our brother Mark, who's now running the cafe, has been an international DJ for the world for the last number of years. And he could be playing Madrid on Friday night and Saturday night. He's playing Amsterdam. And on Sunday, he's playing Milan or somewhere like this. And it, it, when you say that to someone, anyone goes, oh my God, that's so cool. And I'd ask Mark about it. And he says, well, the reality is I'm sitting on planes loads and I'm on my own a lot and a car picks me up and I go to a hotel and then I play the gig and I don't meet anyone after and then I'm tired and then I go off to the next one. And, you know, so much of our society is superficial and social media can show one side of it. So my question is, what do you guys struggle with and how do you manage that? Well, just to your brother's point there, I think that's why I'm so obsessed with van life is because our home is with us as we travel. So as backpackers, I know the feeling of kind of not not being settled and Sure, you have a place for it in your backpack, but you know you kind of just crave that that home or to make that tea the way you like it. And um, so I think we've we've kind of found our groove with what keeps us sustainable on the road. Oh man, we struggle with so many things. Um, a, a big one is just like the comparison game on social media, like you said. Like lately, our you know there's an ebb and flow to everything, and before the holidays, our videos just seemed to be like growing outside of our audience and everything was going so, so well. And, you know, it just felt like, oh, this is just amazing. Um, and then, you know, the, the ebb kind of comes and even though they're still going wonderful, they're not where they were before the holidays. And you start questioning, okay, well, what are we doing differently? And, and what's wrong? And it's so toxic. It's do you, so you guys, toxic. Do you guys have the studio, YouTube studio app on your phone? No. Yeah. Sean, sh- sh- Oh, oh, I was going to say Shawnee boy handles that. <laughs> Sean, Sean has it. Yeah, Sean does that. Like I, I might look at it once a month or something. Or if someone asks me to oh, look okay. at comments, I'll do that. But rarely I'll look at it. So on the studio app, it, it compares oh, yeah. your last t- 10 videos, right? So you can see how well you're doing, your video is doing compared to the yeah. last 10. So it's so toxic. Like every week, the past you know month has been ten out of ten for us. Like it just keeps getting worse and worse. And then, of course, because it's your livelihood, and I'm passionate about it, and I care deeply, you start questioning. Like, what? So what's wrong? What are we doing wrong? If every week it's is getting it all over? Worse? Yeah, or is it all over? You know? Yeah. And it's just silly because then you forget about the hundreds of thousands of people who are showing up, who are hitting the like who are commenting like you know you just continue to foster that and the flow will come again it's just a on 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 i think comparison is the biggest thing we struggle with and what's helped us the most is actually just unfollowing people especially on instagram you know we look up to there's there's this travel couple marie Fay and jake snow and they're just like this gorgeous vegan couple that travels the world and they make such good content that i i can't follow them anymore (laughs) because it's just so unrealistic you know, every time I, I turn my Instagram on, I'm like, wow, why am I not taking better photos? Mm-hmm. So I think actually unfollowing people is, is healthy. Even if they're like super wonderful and inspiring, it's like, you know, that's their platform or, or whatever it is. And it's hard to think, oh, well, we're just throwing up a selfie like this isn't good. And, and that's why circling back to what you said earlier about keeping it real. And, and on our Instagram, we used to, you know, kind of slip into that slope of like, nope, we can't. We only need to post really gorgeous things. And now we will throw up random, like, you know, double chin selfies in the hot tub because <laughs> it is real. And actually, people engage with that even more. Mm-hmm. 
And do, do you ever get scared then? So you know the way now, if they've been getting kind of 10 out of 10, they're kind of like they're, you know, you feel like you're in a bit of a rut. Like, how do you manage that process of trying something new? Because there must be, you must be afraid to try something new and then you know you probably need to try something new. So how do you find that balance? I think like having that consistent upload schedule just kind of forces you to shake it off and start again. Yeah, exactly. Because honestly, a couple of weeks ago, if we didn't and we weren't committed to our craft and this goes back way to the beginning of you have to have a passion and a love for what you're doing. It can't be um, we're doing this for the money or whatever, because then you just kind of wipe your hands and say, I'm walking away because it feels like you're just on this decline. But I, I know that like anything in life, it'll it'll swing back. So you just have to keep at it, really. It's so hard because like, you know, a lot of if, if you look at our channel, you would see, you know, a very healthy channel. And we're talking about, you know, comparing videos that, you know, are getting 100,000 views less. So we're still getting like 400,000 views on a video, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Right. But we were getting 600,000. <laughs> so it's like, and we're, we're just hustlers. Like we want to do better and better and better and have a bigger impact on the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's so toxic. Like when you, when you explain that to someone who's not in the game, they're like, what do you, you think your channel's dying? <laughs> You've got 400,000 people watching your content. So it's, it's refreshing sometimes to like go outside of YouTube space, give it a shake and mm-hmm. then come back with appreciation. But on that same token, if you're not always, you know, trying to do better, trying to do better, then you will start to slip. Right. Yeah. This is like therapy for us. Sorry. Sorry, boys. <laughs> do either a meditate or do anything like that? Because I know like we've been, we're like identical twins. So we're hyper competitive. We've been like, we c- grew up competing for our mother's love and attention and every day of our lives. Like when we weren't aware of it, we were always competing for, oh, look at me. I'm, I, I can jump higher. I'm better. You know, so we were hyper competitive. And obviously there's that competitive nature in you guys because you want to consistently do better and do better. But like, I think the healthy thing, as you're saying, is somehow being able to detach and almost becoming more of an artist and going, well, I want to do something beautiful, not just to try to get clicks and views and whatever. So how do you balance that? Because there is that artistic expression of being true to yourself. And Steve's got something just that. Yeah, I was just going to add to it. Like, it's like, how do you balance? Like, what are your techniques for managing yourself through this process? Because we all have kind of support structures and things. Because like, say, for example, we're putting videos that are doing crap. And it's like, how, how do you distance yourself from it and just stick focus in the craft and keep consistently through these challenging times? Yeah, I actually... Uh... For for me, it's it's not about this. This might sound wrong, but it, for me, I've got like a vision on, you know, how much of an impact I want to have on the world. So for for us to get to that point, it is kind of about growing a bigger audience and and you know and making more money to then you know change the world. So it's it's every time I put out a video, it, it's very toxic, but it is kind of like let's do the best video we can make people happy with the content and and get more eyeballs on the content because then we can, you know, make an impact on the, on the planet. So, um, it's interesting that it it is like a balance of like, yeah, we want to put together art, you want to call it. Um, but also we want, we want as many people to watch it as possible. So I think a lot of people might hear that and they go, Oh, it's very business savvy of you, but I'm not trying to like, I'm so content with our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got this amazing cabin in the woods. I don't need a, a Lamborghini and all this crap that, you know, typical YouTube, big YouTubers would, would go out and buy. 
Um, we just did a, a merchandise drop where we were donating half of our, our profits to uh, an amazing organization that is doing sanitation and water projects all around the world. So for us, it's about um, you know continuing to grow, and with that success, we're we're gonna you know give back and and hopefully change the world. Um, so it is it is something that you know. I don't know. Talking about how do you manage your 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 you know lifestyle and and inner health. I don't I don't know how I to answer we, that. I think we we both also like we um I'm more into meditation than Amen, but we also do a lot of like active living. So whether it's like an actual workout a day or we spend so much time outside even through winter here. It was our first winter in a long time. And yet we spent most of our days outside. We just bundled up more. And I think that's been really, really healthy for our mental health because as much as we do check numbers and care about that, we also put our phones away for a full day. Um, and, and that's the balance in our life is, is yeah, and I guess living, that's, that's something to live. You don't even we don't even think about. That's like so second nature to yes. us now. Like even, you know, with the renovations, like we go to bed smacked, right? Like At do like drywall all day and film a video. <laughs> like we're exhausted. Yeah. And I think that all contributes to our healthy lifestyle and, and, you know, the food we're putting into our body and we wake up feeling good. Mm-hmm. I really admire that, uh, like that you're given half your, you know, the profits to, to really noble causes. And I love all that. And I'd love to know, like when you say the impact you want to have in the world, like, can you clarify that? Because I'd love to understand it more. Do you, like, is it to inspire people to, you know, opt out and travel more or what's like, what's the impact? Because I like, I love what you do. Yeah, I mean, for for me, like I'm so passionate about um, you know the environment. I think the the world is such a gorgeous, beautiful place, and we're 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 doing a lot of damage to it. Um, there's a lot of things we can do. Like I'm passionate about you know plant based nutrition and and putting good food in your body, um, and, and animal welfare and all that kind of thing. So I think we talked about this you know last time we were in Ireland. But when I first went plant based, I was screaming at the rooftops, "You're not vegan." slaughter you're horrible blah 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 <laughs> and now i've really flipped my my script on that and i think a lot of it has to do with you know uh talking to you guys because i remember you telling us a story about um you know your your cafes aren't fully plant based because if they go in for a coffee and they drink you know that dairy milk um because that's what they they're used to they're they're a customer and now they're going to try a chocolate cake that is completely vegan and, and then go, a shepherd's pie. That's and then, and then boom, 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 boom. So I've really come across to that. That is the way to do it. Um, and, you know, so I'm not, you know, sitting here saying everyone needs to go plant-based. But, um, you know, if you can incorporate one or two meals a day and, and lead by example, and uh, that's a big part of it. But also just just making the world better, right? Like there's so many countries we've traveled to that are just in such extreme poverty. So. Or even here at home. So, you know, we started, we, we really made it a mission at the end of last year to just start giving back more and doing stuff with the homelessness um, here in Canada through winter, just like going around and giving out wool socks to the homeless, like small little acts. I mean, I, until we get to a point where we can do much bigger things, we just did something with an animal sanctuary locally where we were able to um, sell some stickers and all the money went to the animal sanctuary and then our community also rallied and I think raised her like an extra 5,000 or, or plus for her to just continue doing what she does. So I, I think there's just so much power in our community and so much love to give. And if everyone gives $1 to her, 
you know, it, it makes a huge impact on people who are doing really great things in our community. So, so this is the kind of stuff that we're doing now because, you know, we're limited we're with our resources and everything. But long term, I would like to, to do much bigger picture things like run, you know, a really brilliant marketing campaign, you know, spend $500 million <laughs> on a marketing campaign that makes people look at milk the different way, right? They go, huh, I didn't know that. And there, there are such creative people, like you, you must see, follow some of these accounts on Instagram that are just so creative. Like if we could put that on billboards all across the States, that, that could be dramatic, right? So I, I think that's the only way. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, it's it, you know, once you discover this stuff, you can't unsee it. You're just fueled by, you know, how could people not get interested in, and, you know, dive into this. I'm sorry to go so like vegan on it, but <laughs> it, it, it is something I'm passionate about. And I really think uh, a lot of money will make a big difference, right? Like putting solar panels on your house is great. It's, it's definitely noble. That's, that's amazing, you know, in the, the, the pursuit of making the planet, you know, more sustainable. But to really make a difference, we need much bigger picture things. On the topic of plant-based living, often okay, we've been eating this way for about 20 years. And a question that we're often asked is like, I find it really hard to eat healthy on the road. You know, when I travel, I kind of like slip off. And, and you've been to some of the most obscure parts of the world. How, what are your tips for anyone listening for how to eat healthy and plant-based on the road? You know, what's wild is a lot of places, like even in South America, you think of it as being so meat heavy. But there's such a huge part of the population that eats rice and beans um, all day, every day. So, again, I think the van is really helpful because we can have our staples and you can always kind of find those beans and, and things, legumes to help you maintain your healthy living. But I think I think sometimes we do miss out on some of the cultural experiences and I won't I won't lie about that. Um, you know, sometimes you're invited into someone's home and you feel like, oh, you know, I wish I had just accepted that. Or, or I'm not sure where we stand with, with all of that. Yeah, we I don't think eat our it. Script, but... Our script's changed a little bit. Like, we're not super, you know, anal about, you know, if the there's a piece of bread or whatever and someone made us a sandwich and obviously got an egg wash on it. Like, you know, that's not that's not the battle here is, is those little kind of things. Yeah. Or if there's a chocolate cake that might have a little bit of, you know, butter in it. Um. It, as you travel, don't beat yourself up, right? Because the yeah. world is not plant-based. Um, but obviously, we're not going to go out and eat steaks. So like you said, there is so much plant-based food that you can get. We've traveled a lot of countries, and we've never had an issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I think having our own kitchen and being able to go to the grocery store really helps. And we, we cook our own meals. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll end up on a little island and try and go for dinner. And we're like, oh, wow, we're, ha we're having a salad tonight. So that happens. But Which is just lettuce. Yeah, it's <laughs> not head of lettuce or something. So with tomatoes, I, I can empathize with people who say that for sure. But I think you know, if if you're passionate about it and you want to, it's very possible to continue being plant based. But also, like Eamon said, you don't have to beat yourself up if you know something happens. On have the road. a slice of cheese pizza once in a while if you want to. Like that's not the that's not the battle here. Jeez, I, I, I want to get a van now and go traveling the world and like build it out like I totally do. Like, wow. <laughs> um, I, I have a question on the topic of that. We, uh, I remember we met one of Dave's heroes. Dave wrote a, um, a, his thesis in college on this guy called Charles Handy. And we got to meet him. He'd written a number of books and he was kind of like a business philosopher, economist, very accomplished man in the business world. Uh, and we met him when he was 86. And I remember we were talking philosophy and we we're talking business. And then he was working with his wife. Uh, she was a photographer. 
And uh, Dave asked him, so, so like, oh, can, I, can, I, can I tell a story? Okay, uh, this is it. Uh, like I, he's such a lovely man. I'd read all his books and then suddenly somehow life coincided and we ended up meeting him and spending like a full day with him. And he invited us over to his farm in Cambridge. And he said, why don't you come over and let's discuss business and spend some time together. So me and Steve went over to, the, to, the, to visit him and we brought our brother and our mom and dad came as well. And I remember I was chatting to him. He'd been working very closely with his wife and they had a very lovely relationship. She was a photographer and he was a writer. Very respectful. And they'd spend six months on her projects and then six months on his projects. And when it was time on her projects, he'd cook. And it was a really nice symbiotic relationship. And I remember I said to him, so you guys have been married more than 60 years. More than 60 years. It was, it was, it was a long time anyway. And I said, uh, what are your secrets to a healthy relationship and marriage? And he kind of, uh, you know, he, he was taking his time. He was there, you know, oh, that's a really deep one. Whew, now let me think about it. And he thought about it for a minute. And he, I don't know, I was very suspenseful. I was waiting for something really grand. And he said, uh, separate bathrooms, separate toilets are really important. I think a bathroom is a sacred place for a woman and for a man, it's more functional. And that was it. And you guys have been living in a van. And like, I know myself sometimes if, if things are moving a little hot, I probably don't want someone being able to hear everything that's going on. So, so how do you balance the, the natural human need to use a toilet and also having a, a romantic relationship within a small space? Is your, yeah, is your toilet that, very well insulated, like that, soundproofed? That, <laughs> no, no. It's that ship the sailed open. weeks, like one week into our relationship. <laughs> so there, there's really no privacy. And uh, <laughs> the, the toilet slides out from under the bed. So sometimes she'll need to take a dump, you know, at, you know, 6 a.m. and I'll just kind of lift up the the mattress like there is no romance at all yeah yeah but here in the cabin we do have two separate bathrooms so we might be married for 60 years maybe that's the balance we need <laughs> you know what we also just one. got which is phenomenal big advocate for the bidet system you know the new the new bidets you can just hook up to any toilet you guys have you tried this no I, I often I remember um, going to Italy the first time with the kids and th- we came in really excited why are there two toilets there's one for the kids yay and it squirts and they had so much fun squirting it just thinking it was the coolest thing ever boys I- I'm sending you a bidet I'm a huge I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own bidet company and uh, I'm gonna nice. send you one it really saves on the amount of toilet paper so it's an environmental uh... it's phenomenal <laughs> it's awesome yeah and it just hooks onto your toilet it's not like a separate extra toilet or anything it's very nice you know what's amazing is that we're our bodies are like we we put the same fuel into our bodies so we're our like clocks are the exact same so sometimes the bigger issue is fighting over the toilet oh gosh right we have to go at the exact same time and we only have one and you know in the van so it's uh it's an issue <laughs> Uh, okay one final 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 question this is the last one so for anyone listening what are your top tips for anyone say one embarking on a YouTube channel embarking on a business embarking on adventure what are your kind of like say three top tips for anyone starting out in a project whether it be a YouTube video whether it be YouTubers whether it be a business whether it be a relationship what are your three top tips I think like passion is so important to get yourself into you know Eamon's dad was an entrepreneur and he refurbished telephones and he often looks at us and says I wish so much that I had stopped and said, this isn't about money. It's about what I'm passionate about. And, you know, I'm, I wasn't passionate about selling phones, but I did it for 30 years because then you get into this rhythm and you've got to support your family and everything. So I think if you can find something that there's passion in first and you go in with no expectation that 
that passion needs to immediately generate you this income. Like you need to give it time and it's and it's kind of a grind, but if you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like a grind if that makes any sense. I think that was like three tips, but <laughs> Yeah, I would also say like um, you know, if you're if your people around you aren't aren't supportive, then then write them off, you know, D- discontinue them, stop seeing them, stop hanging out with them. That is so important. You know, they say if if you're hanging out with five millionaires, you're going to be the next, you're going to be the six. So uh, any any kind of big decision or change I've made in my life has been pivoting my social group to a new group. And uh, and you're just if you're hanging out with non-driven people, the chances of you going out and starting a business are very slim. Um, whereas if you Eamon's so cut and dry like that, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, it's hard and it's harsh, but it, it's so true. If you really want to change, hang out with more motivated people. And what's something else? And then I think for, for your relationship, I think you have to put the work in and there is work to be done, but it also doesn't have to be so hard. Um, you know, I think when it's right, it is right. And and you'll you'll know when you know and it shake so- it up like open your eyes realize how amazing the opportunities you have a lot of people listening to this are living in incredible countries with incredible opportunities mm-hmm. and you know a, a lot of people might be you know under 30 like you're not getting these opportunities again so fuck it take 5 years and build something because you know when you're 75 looking back on it you're going to regret it and that's going to be that's going to be a, a, a tough pill to, to swallow swallow for sure Beautiful. Really good. We did that. That was really good. Great reminder. Eamon and Bex, you're wonderful. Any projects you're working on that you want to shout out or any things that you want to, that you're working on that you want to tell, tell anyone listening? Well, if anyone chooses to join our journey, you can find us every Sunday. We upload a new YouTube video, as we were saying. So it's just our YouTube channel, Eamon and Beck. We also uh, kicked off season two of our podcast, which we hopefully will have you guys on. Um, that uploads on Mondays and it's called Reroot, spelt like the root of a vegetable. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that's what we're working on. That's it, everybody. <laughs> we're so grateful again to have been able to reconnect. I feel like we talked the whole time. Well, that was probably really wanted that. Yeah, we love hanging out with you guys. So I can't wait till we make it back to Ireland. Brilliant. Well, thanks a million, Eamon and Beck. You, you're brilliant. You. <laughs> so are you guys. That was such a great conversation. Eamon and Bex. it was really relaxed. I enjoyed it immensely. Well, I love the fact that getting into the skin of what it's really like being a YouTuber, about the charity, about living in a small home, the reality of living with your partner. Anyway, super cool people. If you've ever got ideas about living in a small van and going traveling around the world, I think these people are people to follow. Uh, once again, thanks for thanks for thanks for listening, and please, you know, give us feedback on social what you enjoyed. Let us know what what resonated you. Any future guests you'd like us to um, have on the podcast? Yeah, and subscribe if you can to on Apple or wherever you get your podcast from. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, uh, wishing you a great week. Lots of love. Bye. Cheers. Bye.